Blessings of a big heart, prosperity, and abundance to you and those who have loved you into existence. This is Simple and Powerful Messages with Louis Nunez, the podcast. I am so grateful you are here, and I look forward to sharing what you needed to hear when you needed it the most. This episode is called Everything Else is Drag. In this episode, we talk about me growing up Catholic, why I left the Catholic Church, falling down the RuPaul Drag Race rabbit hole, and being your most authentic self. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Simple and Powerful Messages with Luis Nunez. This year has been crazy, and one of the things that I really wanted to focus on during this year is being more honest and more authentic. And so I wanted to share a little bit about myself, because I feel that there's value in sharing who we are and our our journey as well. And so I grew up Catholic. And for me, growing up Catholic, I always felt at home in the church, which was really weird because no one else in my family was like that, right? My parents didn't go to Mass because they couldn't receive because back then you had to be married in the church. And since my dad was divorced and was first time married in the church, he couldn't, he had to get an annulment, go through this whole process to marry my mom in the church. So since because they couldn't receive the Eucharist, they decided not to go to church. But it was really important for me and for my family that I get a Catholic education. And so they wanted to send me to a private school. And we live right across the street from one. And that's where I went to school. And I remember from a, you know being like in third grade, wanting to be an altar server. And I just really felt like the church rat was really beautiful. And the church really felt like home to me. It really felt like something special. I was really involved in the church. I was an altar server. I used to like open and close the school for the religious education program. I used to teach religious education. I was in a youth program. I was a receptionist at the rectory. I was not a good receptionist at the rectory. It was one time where I totally passed out and the pastor came and answered the phone for me because he didn't want to wake me up because I was sleeping. So I was not the best receptionist out there. I kept hearing growing up, you know, you should really become a priest. You should really become a priest. And that was the thing that for someone like me, it was really important for me to feel loved and to get acceptance from other people for a long time. It's something, you know, I'm working on, you know, really just trying to give myself that acceptance and not having to get it from someone else. So for me to hear other people's expectations of me in the form of you should do this, it really made me feel like if I didn't do it, I wouldn't receive the love and acceptance that I was looking for. So always in the back of my mind, there was this thing about becoming a priest and pursuing religious vocation. And so I was in the seminary for a couple of years. I actually got thrown out of the seminary. That's a different story. And then I decided to do, to pursue different kind of careers, especially a nonprofit. And for me, I really kind of came to a head in... I want to say around like 2009, 2010, when I decided to, to go become a monk and to go study at a monastery and to go live like a monk. It was really a powerful experience. I was able to learn so much about scripture, myself, living in community, about other people. And what really stood off me the most was seeing the impact that other people's expectations have on another human being. If I'm honest, there were some guys there who probably didn't want to be there, but didn't know what else to do anymore. So they didn't want to leave. They didn't want to let other people down. And I didn't want to become one of those people. So I had to make a choice. And for me, you know, my dad got sick at the time. And so when I was home, I had left the monastery to go be with my dad. 
And when I was home, I really realized what I really want to do and who I wanted to be with, which is my current wife right now. So I got a job working in the diocese and I was helping to work with youth ministers in different parish programs. And we developed this amazing program where there were scholarships and grants given to youth ministers to become full-time youth ministers. And at the time, my wife and I found out that we were pregnant. We were going to have our first child. The job I was currently working had a lot of nighttime, a lot of like, uh, it was a regular nine to five, a lot of weekends and a lot of nights. And I remember thinking, I don't want to be one of these dads where the kids don't recognize them. You know, I didn't want that for myself. So I worked, I spoke with three pastors and I became, I ended up becoming a full-time youth minister at three different churches in Brooklyn. And I had a great experience and all of it really came to a head with the election of 2016 where Trump got elected. And <clears throat> there's something that's really interesting that is talked about in, in the rhetoric of Catholicism. And it goes a little something like this. They say, if you're pro-life, you have to vote for the pro-life candidate. And if you don't vote for the pro-life candidate, then you're committing sin. You can't receive the Eucharist. You know, you kind of cut yourself off from God and the church. It's a whole other issue. So they never really tell you to vote for the Republican Party, but they say if you don't, if you don't vote for the pro-life person, you're, you know, you're committing this mortal sin. I always use this analogy to kind of explain it. If I'm talking to someone and I say two plus sign, two equal sign. And the person says, Lewis, are you saying four? And I'll say, no, no, I would never say four. That, that's wrong for me to say four. I cannot say four. But what I can say is two plus sign, two equals. And that's kind of what I feel like voting is like in the, with the USCCB and the Catholic Church. So with a lot of the rhetoric that was happening, especially being a Hispanic person and listening to what was being spoke about, about Hispanic people in general, because it really started off as becoming something about Mexicans. But we know the way that America works and especially what racism, it just all kind of gets lumped together. Anyone with that kind of color skin. And so there were a lot of issues of. There were a lot of instances of people being called rapists and they come in to scam the system and all these different things that were kind of really tossed around a lot. And for me, as a Hispanic person, I really kind of got scared because I remember at 9-11 when anyone who looked like an Arab American was getting attacked in the street. You know, there were a lot of times where people would just were beating up taxi drivers and, and killing them just because of the way they looked. So for me, it really kind of caused me to say, okay, what are the values that are here that are being talked about by this party, by this system, by this person? And are these my values? I really resonated a lot with Bernie Sanders, his idea of universal health care, of his raising the minimum wage, his really honoring the worker. I really felt those were really important messages of, of Christ and of the Gospels and of the social teachings of the Catholic Church. But for some reason, it all got thrown aside because of this Trump thing. And this rhetoric started coming out of this racism. And this was kind of being embraced by so many people. You know, it, it's kind of, like I said, it's all paired off with this pro-life thing. And I really feel that Republicans just use this pro-life agenda to really just, you know, corral the Catholic votes. I really think that's it at this point. I was left with a choice. Am I going to follow my values 
or am I going to keep going with the crowd, what everyone else is doing? And I remember a certain scripture passage, a certain scripture story of the Exodus. And one thing you got to understand about me is that like, I really have this, this understanding of scripture through this, like, this Judeo-Christian lens. And so I, I really interpret my world that way. The values of Jesus that he teaches in the gospel, the stories in the scripture, I really kind of see them as these like archetypes and analogies for how we live our life in this world and how we choose to live our life in the way we choose to be. I always think of the story of Exodus. Exodus is such a powerful story. There is a book by a theologian and it's called Journey to the Common Good. And I'm going to put the notes in, I'm going to put his name and the book and the resource in the notes for this. It's a really powerful book. And he frames the whole Exodus encounter. And it's very similar to the way Pope Benedict does, which is that the call to of Exodus is to flee from a system that says that we will take care of you at the cost of your freedom. You have to do what we say. You have to follow us completely, and we will give you exactly what you need in order to survive. We call that slavery. It's also, ironically, what is the minimum wage, right? Paying someone the bare minimum enough, just enough so they can live, but that they have to keep coming back to you. That's why this minimum wage thing is so important. And so in the Exodus, the Jewish people are faced with a choice. You have this person, Moses, who hears the, the, who sees this burning bush in the mountains, he hears this call from God to go free his people. So he goes to go bring this message to Pharaoh to free his people. Pharaoh says, okay, you can go, you can take him to go pray. And then he calls them back. And then Pharaoh refuses to do this. And then they go back and forth. There are these plagues, all this other stuff. And the Jewish people are left with a choice. Are we willing to leave the security and safety of what we know to go out into the wilderness to find the true God and to trust in that he will provide for us, right? to trust that God will provide for us. And I feel like so many of us are always stuck in this decision-making process right here, right? And do I, am I choosing security or am I choosing freedom? A lot of times they're not the same thing. And it's a difficult choice to make. And we value, you know, we weigh the concept, we weigh the pros and the cons, and we have to make a decision. For me, I knew that me staying connected to the Catholic Church and me being a part of this system was me going for my security. It's what I knew, right? I knew I can get a job there. I knew people who I worked with. I knew people were grateful I was there. But it wasn't connecting with my values. And at a certain point, you kind of get sick of fighting the system. You know, it's, it's been this way for so many years and people wanted to stay there because people benefit from it. So I made a choice. I decided to leave the church and... It was really interesting because I always think of the question, like, who do I want to be, right? What, you know, another way to say it is from a really, um, the, the, the Greeks and the Romans had this idea of the persona, right? The word personality comes from this idea of persona and the persona was the mask that an actor would wear in a play so that they could be a certain actor. So they would take on the mannerisms, the behaviors and all this, which is so interesting because when we look at what a personality is, it really is the role a person is choosing to play because they're most comfortable in this role and they put that mask on, they put that costume on, right? 
It didn't really click for me until I took RuPaul's Masterclass. And when I took it, I wasn't ready for it. I remember RuPaul was giving a whole course on authenticity. And for me, I found it very strange because for a long time in the Catholic, you know, for currently in the Catholic Church, this whole idea of sexuality is really, it's not explored. And I think part of it is because they're scared to open the box, right? We see what happens with people... It happens in all across the board, but there's something really about like conservative people that have this whole sexual hang-up thing, and then you find out that you do like horrible things. I don't know what that's about. I think it's this kind of repression, just not answering it, they're not trying to figure it out. And so I'm watching this master class by a famous drag queen, and I, I totally was not ready for it. But there was something that always stuck with me. And it was RuPaul would say that you are, you come into the world naked and everything else is drag after that. And it was the exact understanding that the Greeks and the Romans had thousands of years ago about persona, about your personality, about the, the mask you choose to wear. And so, so I always keep thinking of, you know, who is the person that I want to be? Who is the person that I want to show to the world? You know, Mama Ru would say, what kind of drag do you want to wear? And so I wasn't, I really wasn't ready for RuPaul's message at the time. And part of it was because it was this old programming that was, that was still working inside me that something, that this was wrong. There's something wrong about this. It was me putting a judgment on it from people who have told me I should put judgments on things like this. And it was something that I was in the process of undoing this whole idea of what is right, what is wrong. Are these really just judgments? You know, do we judge the person? You know, we hear a lot of times you judge the sin, not the person, or whatever. You know, it's just people's way they work around it, really. And it all, and so it all kind of started clicking together about a month or two ago. My wife suggested we actually watch RuPaul's Drag Race. It was on Amazon. And my friend Eddie mentioned it a lot. He used to talk about it all the time. And he would say, you would love this show. So we ended up watching, I think we started with season five, and season five had Alyssa Edwards, had uh, Coco Montrese, had Alaska. Um, yeah, it had like some really big people who are big stars like on this app, on this series, on this season. And I remember just being blown away by it. just the whole like, it was so absurd, just like these personalities, these egos, these people competing. The, the wigs, the makeup, the costumes. the And then at a certain point, I kind of started falling in love with this because of the amount of talent these people had. These people, these, these drag queens, they were have to be some of the most talented people on our planet. I, I, I can guarantee it. They have to be the most talented people on this planet. They have, they're talented with makeup with fashion, with doing hair, with sewing, uh, humor, wit, wordplay, character creation, character development. I'm not sure if I mentioned hairstyling yet. Choreography, dance. They do like these amazing acrobatic like splits and they do shows. They're, they're, they, they, have, they have comedic timing. They do acting. They do singing. You know, they have there's so many puns. There's such a depth of knowledge of the culture, of pop culture. They're, some of them are really great at impersonating people. I mean, it's just like this incredible... Oh, and some are singers too. Like, and not only are they lip syncing, but they're doing like these amazing songs as well. 
And it was just so apparent that this was an art form that they were choosing. And because I was able to see like the positives and the, and the talent and the skill, all of that, I was able to kind of open up more to this idea. And then what really kind of solidified this whole thing was listening to the stories that the drag queens were telling. They were talking about their lives growing up. Some were abandoned by their families. Some were beaten and abused. Some were, some went to jail. There's one story of one drag queen who's an incredible person. Her name is Latrice Royale. And Latrice Royale talks about how her two biggest fears in life were going to jail and not being there for her mother when she passed away. And so something happens and she ends up going to jail and her mother passes away while she's in jail and she's going through this incredibly difficult time and she's going through this incredibly difficult time when she gets out of jail the people who opened their arms to her were her drag community and i remember hearing that as an adult you get to do something which is really beautiful when you're born you're born into a family that you may have not chosen depending on who you talk to. But when you're an adult, you get to choose those members of, of, of people who are in your family. Even the way they talk about their drag families and the drag mothers and the drag daughters, it's really something that I think is really beautiful. Many of their stories talk about being saved by drag. You'll hear stories like Alyssa Edward talk about how the first time she went to a drag show, she was just blown away by it. And when they had an open night, she went up there and she ended up winning the whole thing. And drag gave them this ability to access something deeper inside of them, right? To access all this talent and to really put it all out there and to be this person who's not afraid of what other people think and is just going to go for it and going to give it their all and be the best they can be. They honestly choose who they want to be. And they are purposely creating this character around that. It's, it's like the Exodus story. They can continue to be and listen to people, the status quo, who tell them, I love you, I, you know, I accept you, only if you stay within these parameters. Right? Only if you do this, then my love is something that is very conditional. Right? <laughs> And we want that love. And so we have a choice between going for the security of those who we know and love who might reject us or breaking out and following our own path, right? Going into the wilderness to where it's scary, but the life you can have is so incredible and beautiful because it is promised to us. And there's so many stories of evidence of this where people decided to go out and do something different. And those are the ones who, you know, who really impact the world, who really change it because they decided to do something different than what everyone else is doing. And so it really, it was interesting how I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race and it helped me to understand me leaving the Catholic Church as me being authentic and honest with myself the same way that these women were authentic and honest with themselves because they were able to, to be the person who they wanted to be regardless of what everyone else thought. And it really got, and it really came down to this idea for me, which I thought was so powerful, I wanted to share it with you, is that many times we come to a point where we have to choose the person we want to become. As RuPaul would say, we get to choose the drag that we want to wear. And it is scary 
but honoring ourselves is always the right choice. So I hope that helps you on your journey and I hope this gives you a little bit of encouragement. Please, if you ever get bored one night and if you're not already into it, go watch RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to have a lot of fun. I guarantee it. What I want to talk about uh, next time on our podcast on Simple and Powerful Messages is this idea that there's nothing wrong with you. I want to focus on that because for me, that was such an empowering idea and belief. And I'm going to probably talk about a little bit about personality tests, probably specifically the Enneagram. So I want you to stay tuned for that. We're going to kind of talk about that and how it helps to really kind of understand some of the things that we don't recognize about ourselves. And so I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with you guys. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you could leave some reviews. Um, apparently, Apple's iTunes has this thing where you can only leave five-star reviews. So uh, it's weird. I know. Just leave a five-star review. Don't worry about it. And if you want to reach out to me, my Instagram, my social media is all the same. It's at the real Lewis Jr. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-L-O-U-I-S-J-R. At the real Lewis Jr. And so thank you so much. Many blessings to you. And I hope that this can help you on your journey. Thank you so much. This is a brand new podcast called Simple and Powerful Messages. I ask that you please subscribe. Leave those five-star ratings. We can get in contact with as many people as possible. I ask you to share this message with those who you love because we're calling something beautiful into existence, into our universe. we got to do the work for this one, baby. I hope you're in with me. It's going to be a fun ride. Woo! Thank you.